idea is, and I explain this every week for just a second, but I want all of us to be thinking about God when we listen to music, when we watch television, whatever it is. I don't want us to have these two separate lives where we have this church life and then we have this secular life, but instead the two ought to be intersecting all the time. And so that's the reason we do this, so that whenever we watch television, somehow, hopefully, you will be thinking about godly things and, and God and church and Jesus and, and morality and all those things will come to your mind. And so tonight, the show that we're going to talk about in just a minute is The, is the Office. And some of you know The Office. And just like always, I do not endorse everything on every show that we talk about, okay? But that show was on for about nine years, and it is classified as one of the 100 best TV series of all time. It was on from 2005 to 2013. Probably a whole lot of you watched it. If, if, for those of you who are a little bit older, if you didn't watch it, your kids or grandkids for sure watched it, and they can probably quote line after line, if not entire episodes of that show. And so it was from the genre that you would call, there were several different genres it could be in, but my favorite one is called a mockumentary. Not a documentary, but a mockumentary. It was mocking all the documentaries. And it was done in kind of a different way than many shows have been done before. It was mostly filmed all with one camera. And so there are different shots and the camera moves in odd ways and that could make you drive you crazy, but they obviously had purpose behind it. And also a few weeks ago, we talked about the laugh track. It was one of those shows that had no laugh track to it. There was no, no created laughing. You were going to laugh if you thought it was funny. And if you just tuned in one time, you sat there and watched it and you couldn't figure out at all what was happening probably if you didn't know some of the background. And so the, the manager, the man who's over the office, Michael Scott, says lots of things that don't make much sense. Or actually they do kind of make sense and that's what's kind of scary to me because sometimes they do make sense to me. And so I have a few quotes from him. Like here's one. He said, I changed all my passwords to incorrect. So whenever I forget, it will tell me your password is incorrect. <laughs> that is genius, isn't it? I just love it. And so here's another one by me. He said, and I knew exactly what to do, but in a more, much more real sense, I had no idea what to do. Oh, in ministry, I do feel this. And I definitely, you're going to understand this next one is something that you, you watch me do all the time. Put up this next, this next one. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> yep, that's the life of the preacher right there. Oh, those all make me laugh. But that show ended and it had such a following and the actors that were on the show loved the show and they loved each other. And so when it was finally over, it was, it was sad for everyone when finally they said goodbye. And so one of the characters, Andy Bernard, he actually has a very serious saying that we're going to talk about tonight. A very serious thing on the last episode when he said, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you actually left them. Yikes. That hurts. And it hurts that it's not about the office, right? I wish I would have realized it was the good old days. I made all the neighbors really scared not too long ago. 
the bus stop is just one house away from ours, and we take a walk every morning and take our dog out. And uh, all the parents are there from the neighborhood, and they're all standing there with their kids. And one day I stopped and told them, you need to appreciate these days because someday your kids will be grown. <laughs> Strange man. And they all held on to their children. <laughs> but it's that idea of you didn't even realize when you were hurrying around and trying to get socks on and shoes on and get them out the door. And, and you didn't realize because you were too busy. To realize well it's not always with kids sometimes it's a job sometimes it's a, a church that is remembering the good old days and how great it used to be and we go back in time and you, so you might say tonight are you talking about individuals are you talking about congregations I'll just say that yes you're talking about all of us and whatever we do in that way Jesus called us to live today and I think we probably know that but it's really hard to live today sometimes Especially maybe as we age and we look back over life, it's easy to, to get to a point that we just remember what yesterday was like. And then sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult when we've gone through a really great experience in our life to live in that past. Or even on the opposite side, if we have lived through something that's really traumatic or tragic, sometimes we just stay in that traumatic, tragic thing and we don't move past that. And we kind of get stuck sometimes i like what jesus said in matthew chapter 6 and what's the most famous sermon of all the sermon on the mount he said therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble tomorrow has enough trouble all by itself doesn't it one of the things that I've learned, incidentally, about the Sermon on the Mount, I've taken some, I took a, a semester-long course called the Sermon on the Mount. Can you imagine three chapters and it's a whole semester? But one thing that I've realized is that when you see the Sermon on the Mount, it is not that we all live up to everything in it, but that is where we're all trying to head to. We're all trying to be the Sermon on the Mount, the teachings of it, not that we have accomplished it. And if you have accomplishment, you're not telling the truth. So well, you might be, I just don't know you very well, and we'll talk later. <laughs> Do not be anxious about tomorrow. Anybody ever been anxious about tomorrow? Boy. Do not be anxious about tomorrow because every day has enough trouble of its own. But you can't live in yesterday either. Sometimes we just remember how good it was. And I understand as we get older and maybe we find ourselves at the end of life and we can look back at that point and maybe there is a time for some people to look back mostly to life or somewhat to life. But there are a whole lot of us that we don't need to be thinking just about yesterday because if all we do is think about yesterday, there are so many blessings we're going to miss and we are going to miss blessing people if we do that. So I think about the children of Israel, in Numbers chapter 14, we don't have many sermons out of Numbers, but I've been thinking about a little series that may come out later. In Numbers chapter 14, in verses 1 through 4, this is where you find the children of Israel out in the desert after they had been in captivity for 400 and something years. That night all the members of the community raised their voices and they wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, <clears throat> why, is, <clears throat> excuse me, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? 
And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Sometimes they would remember how great the food was back in Egypt when they were slaves. Sometimes we remember the past in such a way that the past was not as nearly as good as what we thought it was. You've heard me say this before because it's my favorite book title of all time, especially my favorite book title of a book I never read. And the name of the book was The Good Old Days. They were terrible. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we forget, right? Well, our commitment is to Jesus. It is not to our past. Our commitment is to Jesus, not to the past. We appreciate the past. The past is wonderful, but it's to Jesus. And, you know, just like this man is out there working very hard, but you don't want to plow your fields the way this man is today. It might be nice to go someplace that, that has, a, you know, has a working farm, and you can see what things were like in one era, and that's kind of interesting, but you don't want the whole economy to be dependent on that. But sometimes we do act that way. I think about what Jesus said in Luke 9.62 when he's talking about being a disciple. Jesus said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about people who decided to become Christians or disciples or even apostles. And they put the hand to the plow and then they think, well, maybe I don't want to do this. He said, then you're not fit. If you walk away from it, you're not fit. That's a strong message. Now, all of us have had temptations and times that we wanted to leave. We get that because we're still trying to live up to the Gospels and to the Sermon on the Mount. But that's what he says. No one is fit that puts his hand to the plow and then looks back. So it's hard not to live in the past. It's hard not to live in the past. You know, sometimes what... Typically, what happens to sports teams, for example, when, even when they can keep all their players together, is after they win the Super Bowl or the World Series or the NBA championship or whatever it is, often they don't go back to the playoffs the next year. You know why? They live in the past. They also live with their new bonus money, but they live in the past. <laughs> and they remember what it was like. Oh, wasn't it great last year? Don't you remember what it was like last year? But it's hard. so it's hard. We get that because all of us do that. Oh, do you remember when all the kids were at home? Do you remember what it was like when, when my spouse was alive? Do you remember what it was like? And, and all those things, they're all important. And yes, we want to remember the past and, and appreciate it and love it and all those things. But we can't live in it. And you know, probably it wasn't as great or as bad as we remember. Probably some of the things that we remember, maybe we remember the good old days of the 1950s or the 1980s or whatever, and they probably weren't quite as great as what we remembered them being. And maybe even some of the terrible times we had weren't as great as we, or were as terrible as we remember. Well, I remember back in the day when we didn't have air conditioning. And the church building was packed. You know those days? Well, let me tell you, everybody there wishes they would have had air conditioning, right? Yeah. 
oh, I can remember my dad holding gospel meetings specifically in this little community called Crawford, Oklahoma. It was just a, there was a school and there was a, a church building there, maybe another couple of buildings, and they had hand fans that had pictures of Jesus on one side and advertisement for the funeral home on the other. You know what I'm talking about? But let me tell you, if they would have had air conditioning, they would have taken it. Well, back in my day, we liked it that way. Yeah. But wouldn't it be great to have something different that sometimes, oh, we live in the past. And even if it was just as great as we remember it, we don't have a time machine. We can't go backwards. We can't do it. Oh, it's fun. And if, if you are around me much, I just I love nostalgia. I like it. I like to do Ancestry.com, and I like to talk about things like that. I can talk all day long about I love it. It's a hobby. History is a hobby of mine. But I can't live in history. I can appreciate it. I can read about it. I can study it, but I can't live in it. You know, back to the children of Israel, and I love what some preacher said years ago. Probably lots of preachers have said this about them whenever they get out into the, into the wilderness and they're upset. It said it took God two days to get the Jews out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. Yeah, that's the truth, isn't it? And isn't it just like us? Sometimes we're not much different than they are. And we just want to go back. We want it to be better. Well, we can't go back, and we're not going back. So what do I do? What do I do? Well, I go to the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 3, where he says in verses 13 and 14, as he's telling what he does, giving them encouragement, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So he's talking about forgetting those sins and things in his past, but we also can use this and understand what we're talking about here in this, in this genre tonight. I forget the past and I move forward. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean that I don't remember it anymore. Paul, who says I for, that I forget the past, also would list all the different ways that he had been shipwrecked and beaten and everything else. But what he's saying is I don't live in that anymore. I live in the present and I'm getting ready for the future. So you say, okay, well, preacher, those are really nice words. You know, I go to church and you give me some verse and tell me this is what you need to do. But how do you do that? How do you press on? You know, I, I was thinking about this afternoon. And I kept saying, Lee, press on nails. Y'all know that commercial from the old days? Just kept coming to my head. That's the scary thing about my preaching. Sometimes I just say what I'm thinking. So practically, what do I do? What does that mean to press on, to forget what's in the past and to press on toward what is in the future? What is it that I'm going to do? Well, I've got to appreciate and learn from the past. Obviously, you know, every, you know all those sayings about, you know, if you don't know the past, then you're going to repeat it. And however it's worded, that's true. So we need to know the past. History is an important thing to study. It's important to know the history of our nation, of God's people, all of those things. Absolutely, we need to know the past. But we learn from the past, and we don't live in the past. We live in the present. We have to live now. So we pray to move forward. We pray to let me go past the past 
and to move into the present so that I can get ready for, for the future. The past has its place, but it is not the place to dwell. We ask friends to help us move on. Sometimes friends can do that with us, and we can take that journey together. And also, I, I may need some counseling. I may possibly need to seek some counseling to, to, to get on to the next spot, and that's okay. That's good to, to seek help if you need it. It's one reason we have a counseling center, but sometimes we get stuck, especially in, in times that have been very negative in our lives or when we've lost a loved one or some other major event in our life. And so we have to do that. That's, that's perfectly fine. Matter of fact, it is encouraged to do that if you find yourself in the past. So churches and individuals hear this. This is kind of my point tonight. It is not fair to people of the present and the future for us to live in the past. It's not fair. There are people right now that need you. And as a church, there are people that need us in the community. It's not fair to the people alive now and to the people who will be alive if all we're doing is living in the past. Oh, sometimes we remember the glory days. We remember the good old days and how good it used to be. And sometimes, you know, it seems like there, there are lots of congregations right now that are on the downhill slide. And they remember, oh, in the good old days, we used to pack the building. We used to have 1,000. We used to have 800. We used to have 400. Whatever it is of the congregation, they remember those days. But those days were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. And it's not like that anymore. And somewhere along the way, they cease to connect with their community and with the young people in their own congregation, and they lost out. It's not healthy to just stay in the past, and it is not our calling to stay in the past. It is our calling to live in the present and to move forward. Now, I'm just going to give you some silly things tonight, okay? Just three little silly things, and I realize I could be fired for any one of the three, but since it's Memorial Day weekend, there are only a few people here, and hopefully aren't many people watching online, so I'll keep my job, all right? <laughs> so you say, well, what are some of those things from the past? And every one of these things I'm going to talk about from the past are all good things, and we may do them, and some of them we do, okay? So sometimes we say or think, Wow, if we can just get back to having communion the way we had it before COVID, right? And have all the guys, you know, hand out the trays and go across. Want to do that? Great, great. Nothing wrong with that. We may decide to do that. I don't know. I don't know if it's even being talked about. But it is a tradition. It is not a law. It's not like you're only doing church if you have the trays, they didn't have the trays back in the day, okay? So it's if we use little cups or if we use big trays, they're both okay. It is just, it's expediency. It's, it's a great way to do it. It is not a law. 
So what could be some others? Oh, here's another one. What we're doing right now on Sunday night. I like Sunday nights. Sunday nights are good. But did you know Sunday nights are not in the Bible? Now, it's great to come. This is good stuff. I mean, I've heard the preacher. It's, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's good. It's good to come and it's good to fellowship and all those things are important for us to do. And some folks can't come on Sunday morning and this is the only time they can be here. And all that is fantastic. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But this is a method and a tradition. It is not law that you have to be there two times on Sunday. Although it's a really good thing. And we obviously have lots of small groups that meet on Sunday night here. And many of them are meeting tonight. Or another one. About how we dress on Sunday morning. As far as I can figure out, this, these are the only two things in the Bible, really, about how we're supposed to dress in the New Testament. One is to be modest. And the other one is not to dress up too much. Did you realize that? Because it says don't have people looking at you because of what you're wearing. And so there was a time, and I'm just telling you all this now, and used to always wear a suit on Sunday morning and Sunday night and a tie, and it's great if you want to do that. And, 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 and I, wear a, I wear a jacket on Sunday morning. It hides my girth. I kind of like that. And so, but you didn't know this, but I found this sale at this it's a long story, but it was a, it was a, I had five suits that I bought for $29 each. That's kind of embarrassing to tell you. Now, I wore them for like six or seven years. When we say we wear our best, was I wearing my best? What's best? How much it costs or a style or what? It's not a bad thing to wear a suit. It's not a bad thing. It's not a law. It's a method. It's a tradition. It's about giving God your heart, right? This is what's inside is what's so important. I one time said to a friend of mine why that dressed up in a suit on Sunday morning and wore jeans on Sunday night, who felt very important, felt it's very important to wear a suit on Sunday morning. I said, why does God wear a suit on Sunday morning and dress down on Sunday night. He did not like that at all. We have to live in the present and in the future, for the present and the future. Doctrine does not change. The truth of the Bible does not change. But I, if I can go along with culture, where I can go along with it, I go along with it because I'm wanting to win the culture to Jesus. My doctrine's not changed. There will be times when I say, I'm sorry, I just can't do that. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just telling you, I can't do that. But I've got to find a way to reach people that don't know Jesus. How am I going to do that? What am I going to do to help those in the present and those in the future? So here's my question for us tonight. This is as a church, but also as individuals. Will I create good days right now 
rather than just remember the past days, which may have been wonderful, but good days right now. A way to have a great day would be to be baptized into Jesus tonight. You'll wash away your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'll be in his kingdom, all those things we talk about. And another would be to commit. Maybe to tell someone you love or is close to you, or maybe, maybe obviously to God, be a part of that. And say, you know what? I'm going to commit to living in the present and the future. The good old days, there have been good old days, but there are still good old days in front of us. And let's keep going toward that because there will be the best day of all when we see Jesus in the clouds. Come as we stand and sing.